With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations.
went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field.
woman who is at her wit's end, who can say you won't be back when they don't even know where you've been. There's a strength in your bones, way down in the fibers of your soul. Stretch your hands toward heaven and your forces will unfold. Good morning to my sister, strong Nubian princess. This is your wake-up call. Come out of your trenches to the European woman and the lady from the Orient. I've got a message for you, girl. This is the master, the master's message that is sent. Good morning. Good morning. This is your early Sunday morning gospel program. Morning inspirations here. Talk to you and Jim Radio. It's now time for our prayer. Say good morning to the king. Good morning to you and yours. It's past Sunday. The Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Say... Thank you. Thank you for waking us up early this morning, starting us on our way. We thank you, Lord, for keeping us throughout tonight and waking us up to a brand new day. We thank you. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for anything that we've done, knowingly or unknowingly. Lift up those, Lord, listen to us live by way of podcasts. Lift up those, Lord, who's in nursing homes and other 
hospice care. We lift up those behind prison walls. We lift up those, Lord, who are on drugs, who's on who's in recovery, or who's an alcoholic. Touch them now, Lord. Know, Lord, that by your stripes I heal. Lift up those, Lord, without knowing the part in their sins. Lift up those who are, who are, who are grieving, loved one, this week or last night. Lift up those, Lord, who, who are in pain. Touch your body, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Soothe that, soothe that pain, Lord. In the name of Jesus, wherever that, that pain is, soothe it, Lord. We believe that they'll be healed. Yeah, by your stretch, Lord. Heal. Lord, we thank you. We lift up those, Lord, our our elders, our children, Lord. We lift up the preachers who go to preach the word today. Bless the service. Bless our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, Lord. Remember those, Lord, who are homeless. Remember those, Lord, who made that, who made the decision to to be be your disciple, Lord. Thank you. Bless our leadership for the White House, State House. Lord. Lift up every leader in the church. Thank you, Lord. Let's talk to you, Jerry, and your family, and those who listen to us by sound of our voice. Let's just start with the tragedy of the Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Back at the top of the hour. So stay tuned. This is your early Sunday morning gospel program. Morning Inspirations. Good afternoon, everyone. All right. Great feedback. That's great. I see that we've got two congregations here. There's one way up there in the back on the second floor, one down here. So hide everybody up in the back. Yeah, I actually went up there a bit ago because that's where I felt most comfortable was up with all the, all the technical gear. But uh, Welcome to services. Great to be here with you. We've already had three of the campaigns earlier this week and looking forward to tomorrow's uh, America the Time Is Now campaign here in the Garden Grove area. Terry and I have... Terry's here this week, and Terry and I have been gone almost 20 years now from Southern California. Left 
1998, now it's 2018, so 20 years. Uh, but it's great to be back and see old faces and new faces. The old faces have gotten a little older. And uh, there's some new faces that we haven't seen before, some that weren't born when we left. So great to see, see everybody here. You know, we sent out uh, 6,000 invitations to the campaigns uh, in the Southern California area, and we sent those letters three times, three invitations to 6,000 people. And then we've had sign-ups at all four events. And so we're looking forward to tomorrow to see uh, what God will bring to us over at the Crown Plaza Hotel and, of course, praying that all of you will be there as well to lend support and to be there with us, to be present with us and to lend your support and even meet some of the new people and, and get to know them as they, as they come in the door as well. So looking forward to that. Some of us about the studio construction in, in Cincinnati. Um, the roof is on now. Uh, the frame is up. The walls are being poured off-site and would be brought in in a couple of weeks that be brought in with a crane and the, the concrete walls be bolted into place and then after that the, the floor will be poured the concrete floor and start to really take shape be finished in about june june or july and then we'll need two or three months to outfit the studio with our new 4k camera equipment lights sound new set and all of that but certainly appreciate everybody's um, support prayers and contributions towards the new video studio that we pray will help take us to an even more a professional level and, and to greater impact in preaching the gospel on video. I might mention that Jamie Schreiber is here with a camera wandering around from time to time. Uh, Jonathan McGee is with us too. And um, Gary Petty was supposed to be here, but he's not feeling well, so he stayed back at the hotel. So hopefully he's in good shape for tomorrow afternoon, uh, Mr. Petty. But Jamie's wandering around with a camera from time to time. Um, what we do each time we do one of these is record some actual footage of the local congregation and the pastor giving a welcome message that we put on your website, on the UCG Garden Grove website. And so there's an, a welcome from Mr. Segley, and then images of you, the real congregation, there on the homepage. So he may be wandering around getting some shots of you taking notes or singing or whatever. So you just ignore him. Um, try and look this way, okay? But, uh, there's a famous passage in the Gospels commonly called the Lord's Prayer. And here in the church, we more often refer to it as uh, the model prayer. It's an outline or a synopsis of the key issues that we should be praying about every day. But did you know that there's an awesome prayer outline in the Old Testament too. And it's actually very similar to the one in Matthew chapter 6. It's by the person known as a man after God's own heart. And it parallels in many ways the Lord's Prayer of the New Testament. So in the sermon here today, the split sermon, we're going to have like a mini Bible study. They may want to write down the scriptural references, even if you don't have the time to turn to them all right now. But we're going to look in more, day, in more detail at King David's model prayer. So I've just simply called it today's message, King David's model prayer. And as background, let's first read the famous prayer outline from Matthew chapter 6. I want to read that first so that you kind of remember the various elements before we go over and read what King David wrote. So Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. If you just turn over there for a moment with me. Matthew 6, verse 9. And here we're told, In this manner, therefore, pray. 
Okay, so here's what you're supposed to talk about with God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So it begins with a very positive frame of mind, looking forward and looking up. Verse 10, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So next we praise God, we thank God, and then pray for his coming kingdom. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. So then we get into our everyday physical needs. Verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So now this gets into the spiritual side of life, the forgiveness of sin. And then verse 13, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we pray for deliverance from sin. And then it concludes with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We conclude with praise for God once more. Looking forward, looking up, looking to the kingdom. To maintain a strong relationship with God, the creator of all that is, we have to maintain a conversation with God. We must listen to him through his word through the scriptures, yes, but also converse with him through prayer, talk with him. You can make a note of First Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Remember First Thessalonians 5, verse 16, Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And then verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Much of our unceasing communication with God, you know, praying without ceasing, must be in the form of thanksgiving and gratitude. Of course, thanksgiving not just on Thanksgiving Day, right? Thanksgiving throughout the year. Pray without ceasing and if everything give thanks. This is what we read about in First Thessalonians 5. So now let's take a look at how King David conversed with God, how he talked with God. Look at his model prayer found in Psalm 145. That's where we're going to go next, is Psalm 145. This is the, the actual uh, prayer outline that, that I wanted to show you. Psalm 145 is the conclusion of the fifth book of Psalms that begins in Psalm 106. You see, in the original manuscripts, the Psalms were categorized into five main books. Of course, we've since divided them up into lots of little chapters. But the original Psalms were in five main volumes or five main books. And Psalm 145 is actually the official conclusion of the Psalms, which is then followed by like a Psalms appendix. And the appendix is the last five Psalms that reflect on each of the previous five sections or five books. Kind of a summary of each of the five books is in the last five Psalms. So Psalm 145 is kind of like the conclusion of the fifth book. And it's very thorough and very comprehensive. And it's an acrostic psalm. Each verse begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in alphabetical order. Except for verse 14, actually, which contains two phrases that begin with two uh, letters from the Hebrew alphabet. 
there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, not 26 like we have. They have 22. And there's 21 verses here in Psalm 145. So what you see is the first word of the first verse in Hebrew begins with the letter Alep. The first word of the second verse begins with Bet. So you've got Alep, Bet. That's where we get the term alphabet from, by the way. And so on through the Hebrew alphabet. This is not the only acrostic psalm. There, there are a number of acrostic psalms uh, that have a, you know, various styles like this. Psalm 9, Psalm 10, Psalm 25, Psalm 34, Psalm 37, Psalm 111, Psalm 112, and Psalm 119. It's a big long one. It's an acrostic psalm. They have complete or partial alphabetic acrostics. So being an alphabetical psalm, this Psalm 145, it's very artfully composed. Unfortunately, that poetry, that artfulness, does not come through in the English translation. It's lost on us. But because of its acrostic nature, those who read it in the Hebrew language find it easier to memorize. The memorization is, is aided by having each verse begin with the next letter of the alphabet. In the Orthodox Jewish community, the average Orthodox Jewish man recites Psalm 145 three times a day. It's very important in the Jewish community. They, they read it three times a day. It's seen as a model conversation to have with God, a model prayer. And it does foreshadow the Matthew 6 prayer, as we'll see. So Psalm 145, verse 1, if you look there with me, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. That's in verse 2. And I will praise your name forever and ever. So prayer ought to be, of course, a daily matter for us. It should be something that is a major part of our lives. And how does Matthew 6 verse 9 begin? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Psalm 145 begins with the same model, blessing the name of God just like in Matthew 6. It begins the same way. And then verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. God is beyond our comprehension. Even capable scientists and physicists struggle with the idea of the nature of God and to understand his greatness. Look at Romans chapter 11. You can keep your finger here in Psalm 145 if you want to. But in, in Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul imagines the same kind of greatness. I'll read it to you, Romans 11 verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Paul says to the Romans, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And then verse 34 of Romans 11, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? So we're told all we have to do is look up into the heavens to realize the power and majesty of God. During King David's time, 
they could visually count about 5,000 stars. They didn't have telescopes. 5,000 stars is all that's visible to the naked eye. But because we're standing on a globe, we can only see half of them at a time. So we can see about 2,500 stars at a time on our, our hemisphere here. Now, though, with modern technology, we know that there are actually a lot more than this. Here's a, a quote I have from The Atlantic. The story by Megan Garber from November 19, 2013, and I'll quote you a little bit from her article. It's called, How Many Stars Are There in the Sky? He says, let's start with the galaxies. There are, astronomers estimate, about 170 billion galaxies in the observable universe, stretching out over a radius of some 45.7 billion light years. It is beyond comprehension. You know, when King David writes in Psalm 145, how unsearchable is your greatness? Yeah, we, we can't fathom this. And she says, continuing, those galaxies vary in terms of the number of stars they each contain. Uh, University Today notes, quote, some spiral galaxies have more than a trillion stars just in one galaxy. Some giant elliptical galaxies have 100 trillion stars. There are also tiny dwarf galaxies, tiny being obviously a relative term here that have significantly fewer number of stars. So she was quoting from University Today there. Then she continues, The Milky Way, our little corner of the observable universe, has for its part some 400 billion stars. She says, So, if we multiply the estimated average number of stars in each galaxy by the number of galaxies in the observable universe and carry the billion, etc., we get a rough estimate of all the stars we're capable of observing she says, there are roughly a septillion stars in the observable universe. So I wrote out septillion here, and it's one with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15, 15, 15 24 zeros after it. That's how many stars is a septillion, one with 24 zeros after it. Which she says is, for lack of a more fitting description, a lot of stars. Okay, so Psalm 145, verse 3, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable, is what King David wrote. And the stars are just one element to consider in God's greatness. Then Psalm 145, verse 4, let's go to the next, to verse 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So not only do we praise God in prayer when we begin, but a very important part of the Christian way of life is to pass on our beliefs to the next generation. And this prayer of David talks about passing on our beliefs to the next generation. This idea actually goes back to the time of Abraham and the father of the faithful, where God said, I, I know Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him. God said, I know Abraham's going to teach his kids this too. 
which is Genesis 18, verse 19. But God knew Abraham would teach his kids what he knew of the truth. Abraham was to pass along his understanding of the way of the Lord, and so do we. Psalm 145, verse 5. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. The, the Christian life is built on prayer, Bible study, and, verse 5 says, meditation. Meditation. We think on the splendor and power of our Creator. We think on His wonderful work. We meditate on it, is what David says here. Verse 6 Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. David says, I will declare the greatness of God. Verse 7, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness, and shall sing of your righteousness. So once again, this psalm is very positive, and a great conclusion to the five great books of the psalms. King David gave similar words of praise to this. When all of the gold, silver, and fine materials were being gathered together to build Solomon's temple. Let me read to you part of King David's speech at the dedication ceremony of the temple. Sorry, not he wasn't there at the dedication ceremony of what he was praising God for when all this was being gathered for the temple. First Chronicles 29, I'm going to read to you if you want to turn there. First Chronicles 29, verses 11 through 13. First Chronicles 29.11, King David said, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. I don't think many of us pray like that a whole lot, do we? That kind of praise for the greatness and righteousness and glory of God. The King David sure did, even in just in that prayer as they were gathering all the materials to build the temple. And so now we move on to Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. So we need to also be people of self-control, not fly off the handle. And self-control is one of the key elements of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that should be dwelling in each of us. We should show the self-kind, the same kind of slowness to anger and being great in mercy. We too should show, show the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit of self-control. And then verse 9, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. David is saying, the creation is under the merciful watch of the eye of God who watches over all his works. You know, the, the trees grow, the flowers bloom, the oceans regenerate. The rains purify the air. God watches over all, is good to all, and shows his mercy on all. And verse 10, And your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. 
So the saints should be blessing God in praise and prayer. Those who have the characteristics of the saints, which is you and me, are those who bless God. Do we do that? Do we bless God in our prayers and in our daily life? The saints are the ones who praise God. This model prayer of Psalm 145 actually begins with a whole lot more praise for God than does the model prayer of Matthew chapter 6. It's got a number of verses here about praising God when it begins here. And then verse 11. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. What is the next step in the Matthew 6 model prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The same here in Psalm 145, verse 11. Praying for God's kingdom. God intends that ultimately our world will become very different to what we see today. Our world will return to the ideals of the Garden of Eden. How it was meant to be. A kind of paradise. This world will return to a kind of paradise. The kingdom of God will be here on earth. King David knew that, and we read about it in Matthew chapter 6 as well in that prayer. Of course, Christ came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We read in Matthew chapter 1 about how that all began. Matthew 1, sorry, Mark 1. Mark 1, 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In Mark 1, verse 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. King David understood a little bit about the the kingdom and, and all that it entailed as well. The kingdom of God is ultimately going to rule this world. The kingdom is coming here. The kingdom is coming to earth. Returning husband is going to marry his bride, the saints, the church. It's a message of repentance, of hope, of salvation, and of a kingdom to come. Something you won't find a lot of other churches preaching about. The kingdom coming to this earth. Psalm 145, verse 12. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So more emphasis here on the kingdom of God. We pray for in the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. This 14th verse is the one that has the 15th letter of the Hebrew alphabet first and then the 14th letter for the second half of the verse. And in the Hebrew language, there's some reason why this was done and why it's so important. Um, Apparently, they say it focuses on the Lord dramatically upholding all those who fall. That's why that next letter came first before the, uh, the, the 15th one. The 15th came before the 14th. You'd have to read and study about that. But here, it's starting to talk about God giving us our physical needs our daily bread, upholding everything 
that we need. Verse 15, the eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So once again, what is the next step in the model prayer of Matthew chapter 6? Give us this day our daily bread. And it's the same here. Give them their food in due season. And God is the reason that any of us are alive. He satisfies the needs of every living thing. That's verse 16. Every living thing. And these, of course, are great verses to think about even before giving thanks at a meal. That God provides all of our food in due season. Then verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. God is near to all who call upon him. So now that the psalm focuses on our spiritual needs, not our, not our food and physical needs, but our spiritual needs, our righteousness, just like the next verses do in Matthew chapter 6. So God says, King David says here that God is near to anyone who desires a sincere relationship with him. And I would say whether the person is called as the first fruit now or not, God will still bless you for how you live, for your record of life, for your willingness to follow him. And God has his reasons for whom he calls now and whom he will call later but he can still be near to those who call upon him, even if, even if they're not first fruits at this time. Verse 19, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. In the ultimate sense, the virtuous and righteous will be saved, will live for eternity. So this section here is forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, making salvation possible. Let's talk about salvation here that would come through Christ's sacrifice. And what is the next to last section of prayer in Matthew chapter 6? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's about being saved and forgiven from sin. It's about forgiveness and salvation. Verse 20, the Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. The psalm finishes with how it began, with praise for God. And this is ultimately where our world is headed. All flesh will praise his holy name. This is what we read in verse 21. And how does the Matthew 6 modal prayer conclude? For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Once again, ending with praise for God. Psalm 145 is a classic conversation with God that King David has outlined in what could be termed an Old Testament model prayer. And it's very similar in outline to the Matthew 6 one. We should think of prayer 
not as exact words to say, but as examples of what to say. This model prayer in Psalm 145 of how to praise God, what to ask for. As I mentioned earlier, Orthodox Jews memorize Psalm 145 and repeat it three times a day. And it becomes repetitive and less meaningful when you say it like that. That's not the intent of David's prayer and conversation with God here. Remember, too, that the incense of God's tabernacle and temple service in the Old Testament was to figuratively represent the prayers of God's people. You read about that in Revelation 5 and Revelation chapter 8. The incense was to be beaten fine, according to Leviticus 16 verse 12. This seems to symbolize the importance of expressing fine detail in our prayers. The incense was beaten fine in the, in the tabernacle and in the temple. A lot of detail should be in our prayers as they rise to our Father in heaven. Let me read to you from Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. Revelation 8, verse 3, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. So here in Revelation 8, this is at the time of the seventh seal, at the end time, right before Christ returns. So he was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints, upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. This incense of old represented the prayers of the saints today. Our prayers should be beaten fine, should have a lot of detail in them. And Psalm 145, as well as Matthew 6, give us a really good outline of the kind of things to pray for. But they begin with praise for God in such a, a great way and then conclude with the same thing. And so we ask, are our prayers like aromatic incense in the presence of God's throne? What are we praying about? Are we praising him? Of course, some prayers will be shorter than others. Some will be longer. Depends on the circumstances. But in any case, we must make time to pray every day. Never think that you don't have anything to pray about. The Bible gives us lots of examples of what to pray about, especially Psalm 145. Jesus gave a whole list of subjects, as did King David here. As you consider Psalm 145, you can always pray that God will help you pray, so that the words will come as well. The next time you read this psalm, Psalm 145 in your daily Bible study. Reflect a little more deeply on all that it contains because it really is a real gem amongst the Psalms from which we can learn a lot from. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Oh, can you see? 
Oh 
audience at the Apollo is twice as likely. The people at my family reunion are twice as likely. My classmates at Morehouse College are twice as likely. Many listeners to this radio station are twice as likely. It's called The Odds. And the odds are African Americans are nearly twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. There are steps you can take to help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Is the Bible wrong when it talks about the wisdom of the ants in gathering and storing food for the winter? This is the Creation Moments Minute. Bible skeptics claim that Proverbs 6, verse 8, is nothing but a myth because no such ants have ever been found. In the last few years, however, their laughter has stopped. We now know of three different species of ants that gather and store food. And guess what? Two of these species are native to Bible lands. Evolutionists tell us that they are sure the first real human beings weren't even smart enough to gather and store grain and seeds. It's obvious that ants who gather and store grain and seeds are totally unexpected by evolution. But we know that we have a creator who provides for all the needs of all his creatures, even ants. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. A Seed from the Sower with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia. Her house was burning and the firemen raced to put out the fire. But she tripped one and stopped another. Ma'am, asked the chief, how do you want your house? Medium, rare, or well done? She wanted her house saved but on her own terms. And there are many who want their souls saved but on their own terms. If you're to be saved, it must be by God's terms. It's not by trying, but by trusting. Not by reformation, but by regeneration. Not by the church, but by Christ. Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional, Seeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Metter, Georgia, 30439. Visit us on the web at thesower.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to live. He has done the impossible time after time. He has, out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He said, Can walk on water, turn 
even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the prince of peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the one and only. God is good.
Tracy's Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Belief on this Palm Sunday. Good morning to you and yours. This is your early Sunday morning gospel program, morning inspirations. Bring you very best in gospel and inspirational music, all right here on Talk Show and Jam Radio. This is Aretha Franklin.
over. Y'all please pray for Miss Rita. She has doctor's orders that she cannot do any touring for a while. Doctor's orders for two weeks, I think it is. So y'all pray for her, and hopefully that she'll, that she'll be able to get some rest and go right back on tour. She's back. She's 76 years old. You know, she's she's up in age. But I don't think that'll stop Miss Rita. <laughs> This is this is morning inspiration. This is morning inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. These are the news boys.
Hi, this is Savannah Guthrie with an urgent story developing right now in every state and county across America. Despite having more than enough food available in this country, there are nearly 16 million kids, that's one in five children, struggling with hunger. They often don't even know where their next meal is coming from. And the worst part is, this has been going on for years. There's no excuse for it, and that's why Feeding America is doing its best to put an end to childhood hunger. As a nationwide network of food banks, Feeding America engages local communities in solving hunger by collecting surplus food, giving hope to hungry kids and their families all across our nation. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. You can start by going to feedingamerica.org to learn more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Later, much later, we heard something. We didn't breathe for listening. Then footsteps on the back porch, creeping, then more confident. After all, nobody was home. A hand closed on the knob on the screen door to the kitchen and found it latched. We heard a little sawing sound as a file began to splice through the screen wire. Grandma reached down for something in her sewing basket. Through the darkness, I managed to notice Grandma's rocker was rocking and she wasn't in it. She was standing over me. Keep just behind me, she whispered. I followed her across the room into the kitchen. Now we were by the door and I heard the scuffle of heavy feet in there on the crinkly linoleum. Grandma turned back to me. Under my nose, she struck a wooden match with her thumbnail. She touched the match to something in her other hand. It sizzled. Then she leaned down and rolled it into the invisible kitchen. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book A Long Way from Chicago by Richard Peck. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. This is Anne Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. If you want to experience God, you must choose him at all costs. You must be willing to do as Peter did in Matthew 14. Step out of the boat. Risk total failure in the eyes of others. Discover firsthand his power enabling you to walk on the water when Jesus bids you come. Again and again I've been confronted with hard choices when I've had to throw caution to the wind and abandon myself to faith in him and him alone. When I step into a pulpit, when I begin to write, when I commit this ministry to much more than we have resources to underwrite, whenever I choose to step out in obedient faith and trust him, I'm actually choosing to take him at his word. Listen to me. Put him to the test. Obey whatever he says. Do it. The result will be the thrilling adventure we call the Christian life. This is Anne Graham Lott.
Well, thanks for joining us. We'll be we'll be on tonight, eight PM Eastern Time for Nation Talk here on Talk Show and Jam Radio. Have a wonderful Sunday and we'll see you at church near you.
in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. ask you friends in closing tonight have you done this have you obeyed the gospel have you obeyed the gospel have you come to that obedience of faith have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith have you turned around have you forsaken your sin have you turned around have you forsaken your sin are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself totally to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer Solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.